Welcome to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast. I'm Rick Samprin. King Charles prepares for his coronation. Trudeau opens the Liberal convention in attack mode. Flag football kicks off at the donut box. We talk Leafs playoffs and tattoos. And happy Cinco de Mayo. The GMH podcast starts now. This is the Good Morning Hamilton podcast on 900 CHML. Tomorrow is, of course, a big day for the British monarchy. It's the coronation of King Charles III and Queen Consort Camilla. That'll be held tomorrow in London, England. And here to talk about it is Robert Finch. Robert is the chairman of the Monarchist League of Canada. Robert, good morning. How are you? Good day, Rick. How are you doing? I'm well. I'm good. Where is your level of excitement right now? Well, you know, I, hey, listen, it's like, for, I guess for a monarchist, it's like a Christmas Eve, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you know, listen, I think, I, you know, I, I think this, is a, this, this, is a, this is a momentous occasion. I mean, we don't have many coronations. Uh, they, they don't, you know, it's not like a, a for instance, a, an American presidential inauguration ceremony or whatnot have you. It's not even like the Olympics every four years. I mean, this is something that uh, happens literally the last time we've had it was over 70 years ago. So it's a rare historic event. And that makes it a little worthwhile to really pay attention to it. I'd say so, too. So refresh your memories. How does this work? Well, of course, there's a whole bunch of pomp and ceremony, and nobody does that better than the, the monarchy and the royal family, really, when you think about it. So, uh, of course, the, uh, the king and queen, they will make their way to uh, Westminster Abbey. That's where the coronations happen. And they get to, they get to uh, uh, you know go through the streets of London, get uh, paraded about, if you will. People will... Wish them well, and, they, uh, and then they'll, and then once they're they're crowned, uh, then they'll go back to the palace, Buckingham Palace, where they'll uh, go out on the balcony scenes that have become very familiar with uh, with, uh, with with people watching any royal uh, event, like a royal wedding or whatnot, have you, uh, where there'll be literally throngs of people, thousands of people down below, and there'll be balcony appearances, and it'll be an all around really you know good day. It's a chance to sort of celebrate, a chance to. Uh, They'll be patriotic, wave the flags, and uh, including Canada's over there. Lots of Canadians are over there, by the way. So uh, it's, it's, it'll be it'll be a great way to sort of um, uh, you know be, be, have a little bit of celebration. This I mean, we have so much negativity really going around. So here's an opportunity to sort of uh, uh, you know have have a little bit of something to look forward to, a little bit more positivity uh, that we get to, we all get to take part. In. So one thing that's interesting too that you'll have to mention it's one of the. Yeah, I mean, people will be familiar with some of these carriages that carry uh, members of the royal family. So the one carriage, the gold state coach, which is really brought out for events like this, the coronation, uh, it's been around for a few hundred years. This, 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 I think it's, 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 it's not it's the complete opposite of modern convenience, if you will. <laughs> and uh, so the king and queen, they'll, they'll ride in that thing, and... I think they say eight horses to pull it. It's so heavy. Wow. And it is apparently it is one of the most uncomfortable, bumpiest rides that anybody can ever uh, ever go through. So the King Queen, they get to do that tomorrow as well. I understand that they had an option of choosing a different carriage, which was much more comfortable, and they decided yep. not to. Well, I guess tradition is important. I guess they're going to use two carriages so that the whole thing doesn't have to be stuck in this uh, this old uh, bumpy ride. So they'll have a little bit of uh, the one carriage that they'll use has some has some modern conveniences like air conditioning and uh, just a lot smoother ride. But the old the old Gold Gate stagecoach that they'll use for a part of it that's certainly going to be the fact it's going to be as traditional as you can get. Robert Finch is our guest on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. Robert is the chairman of the Monarchist League of Canada as we look to tomorrow's coronation of King Charles III and Queen Consort Camilla. I would imagine that uh, officials have been practicing this routine for a long time getting ready for this big day. 
for sure. Yeah, that's a sort of these these sort of things. Uh, uh, you know, there, there, there are people over over there who simply this is what they do, right? They 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 plan these sort of things, and the route that that, that they'll take are is sort of a, it's a common route that, uh, that that people would expect in London. So there, people know where to go and whatnot have you. So every detail, every every little detail associated with the coronation will have been uh, uh, thought out and will have been sort of practiced. I think there's already been a practice run. Uh, of of the processions, uh, somebody has sent me some pictures. <laughs> they were in London. They sent me some pictures of sort of the of the practice uh, of what they do. So they, they they've got this down packed so that things that when you we when we get to sit here, watch on television or watch on our phones, uh, it just sort of comes together as if as if it's just no effort or not. But believe me, there is such an attention to detail behind the scenes to, to, to sort of pull this off where every second counts. That uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's a production, right? And, and it's going to be one of the biggest productions that the world has ever seen. And and you you just mentioned it. You're just mentioning the phone. This is the first coronation in the modern world in which it's going to be seen around the world at the same time. Yeah. Think about this one. So we can, if we contrast this coronation with Queen Elizabeth II's coronation back in 1952, the the, the technological advances since then has been has been astronomical. If you were uh, if you if you if you were technologically savvy and had all the high tech back in 1952, you had a black and white television. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's how you were watching this thing, right? So here we are in 2023 now, uh, where you get to not only, you don't have to sit there around your living room and watch it on your TV. You could be taking the subway, the bus, the subway. You could be driving, listening to it on the radio. You can pull out your phone and watch some snippets of it on Twitter or Facebook. The technology, the coordination movie is at your fingertips tomorrow. And that's what makes this so fascinating when you think about it, because it doesn't make a difference where you are in this world. Even if you, you can be in, in an International Space Station and still participate in this coronation. Well, a lot of people will be watching. We know that. Robert, thank you for your time today, and enjoy tomorrow's coronation of King Charles III. All right. Thank you. Robert Finch is the chairman of the Monarchist League of Canada. Big day for the king and the queen consort tomorrow. You can watch all the action tomorrow starting at 5 a.m. on Global TV. Uh, Global National anchor Donna Friesen is in London, England, getting ready for tomorrow's big day. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. The work we're going to be doing on the ground over the next two years as we go knock doors, as we make phone calls, as we uh, shape and uh, the conversations that we're having across the country to not uh, not despair at all the challenges we're facing, but to be incredibly optimistic. That is the voice of Prime Minister Justin Trudeau attending the Liberal Convention in Ottawa, which began yesterday. And he says it's time for the Liberals to match the moment and continue to grow the party across Canada. And he spent most of his 32-minute speech yesterday focusing on Conservative leader Pierre Poilievre. They either say investing in Canadians is a waste of money or that our policies are too woke. Too woke? Hey, Pierre Polyev, it's time for you to wake up. Jean-Vierre Tellier is a professor in the School of Political Studies at the University of Ottawa and joins us on Good Morning Hamilton. Jean-Vierre, good morning. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you very much. This convention uh, really comes at a very interesting time for the Liberal Party, given the foreign interference scandal that's circling Ottawa. Do you think that's going to be the dominating focus of this convention? Uh, about about the foreign interference uh, uh, um 
interference i don't think so uh, in fact it was not uh, mentioned yesterday uh, i was there uh, yesterday at the liberal convention and i spoke with a few delegates and it was not really on their mind uh, paul poiliev uh, pierre poiliev was much more on their mind i would say um, and i think the timing is good for the liberal party because of course they could focus uh, the discussion on something else which is the convention and and the the, the future platform or building the platform and and yes it's it's the right moment to do some such an event uh, and should attract attention and in fact it does attract attention and so people will again start talking about maybe the positive thing of what the liberals have to offer instead of the negative uh, uh, problems that we see uh, during the last weeks. So what positives are the liberals going to be pointing to in the weeks and months ahead? Oh, clearly yesterday, uh, Justin Trudeau said that his main priority was the economy. And so, uh, he's one really to focus on that. He was saying that the challenges currently are related to the economic uh, affordability, for instance, housing are, are, are at the top of the mind of Canadians. And I think that what the liberals are, will want to present us is our clean proposition, a clean environment initiative, but related to the economy. And if we look at what has happened in Ontario in recent week, we saw a few announcements like the Volkswagen uh, investment uh, in the southern part of Ontario. And that's the kind of announcement that uh, Justin Trudeau is looking for. And I think it will be his focus uh, for the remainder of his mandate. And so for, for me yesterday, it was really clear that that was his priority for what is coming on. Mr. Trudeau also said that leading the Liberals into the next federal election will be the biggest honor of his life. It seems like he's ready for a big battle. It seems he's really amped up to take on Mr. Polyev. Yes, and uh, I really like the quote that uh, the clip that you run uh, at the beginning, with, uh, which is Pierre Poilev. It's time for you to wake up. I think that is, is something we will hear often and often. And so he was on the attack mode uh, towards Pierre Poilev. It was interesting to notice that he did not mention any other political party. So we did not hear about the NP- NDP nor the bloc. And so Pierre Poilev is really there. And yes, um, that was a big announcement, I think, yesterday is that now we know that uh, Justin Trudeau wants to run. Uh, uh, he wants to lead the Liberal Party for the next election. That's for sure. He's ready for the battle. Um, that should be some disappointment for some that maybe were contender or were uh, expecting maybe to run and replace Justin Trudeau. And so I think many for the two coming days will look at those people. We're talking about François-Philippe Champagne or Christi- Christian Freeland, uh, how they react towards that. But I think they will gather uh, um, and they will back their, their prime minister. But clearly, uh, yes, uh, as I said, the big announcement yesterday was that he's, he's, he's ready for the job and he wants to do another fight uh, to keep uh, to win the next election. Our guest on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML, Jean-Vivre Tellier, professor in the School of Political Studies at the University of Ottawa, talking about the Liberal Convention, National Convention that kicked off in Ottawa yesterday and the Prime Minister really taking, uh, taking it to Pierre Polyev, the leader of the Conservative Party, This might be a difficult question to answer, but win or lose the next election, which is probably in a year and a half, two years time, do you think this is the last go round for Justin Trudeau? Uh, yes, if you look at history, yeah, first of all, you're right, it's a difficult question to answer. Um, but if you look at the past, uh, very rarely have we seen prime minister coming back 
okay, after a defeat, for instance, or even remaining in power after a, I would say, nine or 10 years. Now, the exception was Pierre Elliott Trudeau in the 1980s when he came back. And so there's always this possibility. Uh, but I think that the brand uh, Justin Trudeau is is something that we see now. Um, uh, it, it, 10 years seems to me to be a good period. Uh, but seeing that more than 10 years, yes, it may be a bit more difficult. And I think he knows it. And and it's going to be a challenge. So yes, uh, the liberals yesterday were very optimistic, but uh, it won't be easy. It's going to be a hard uh, battle. Uh, a lot of people are saying, well, he has already done his time after seven years. And, and so it will be difficult for him. Now, maybe we will nonetheless see Justin Trudeau but doing something else that that is still a possibility because he's he's young um but yes uh 10 years is often the maximum that we see for uh, a mandate for a prime minister Javier, we have one more minute the prime minister yesterday in his speech really attacked Pierre Poiliev saying he's got a lot of buzzwords a lot of catchphrases but he doesn't have solutions when do you think Pierre Poiliev changes his tack to say right this is what we're going to do you know what? I was thinking uh, that he should have done that already. And so I'm a bit surprised with what I am hearing now, uh, going back to the same kind of attack he was uh, launching when he was a, uh, for the leadership of the uh, Conservative Party. And so now that he is in the position of leader of the opposition, I would have thought that uh, he would be more on the attack on the substance of policy, at least in the House of Commons. And we don't see that. And so uh, I would say, well, uh, time is running. Uh, yes, an election, will it be in a, a year or two years? I doubt two years, even though there is an agreement with the NDP. Um, I'm not sure there will be an election in 2023. And yesterday when I heard uh, Justin Trudeau, it was also clear for me that he's not preparing an election in the coming months. So it's more in the long run that he's preparing his troop for the next election. So this gives a bit of time for Pierre Poiliev. But uh, I think he should start preparing because uh, now the space is for any other party that wants to talk about uh, policy, uh, which the Conservatives are not really doing for the moment. Javier, we'll have to leave it there. Really appreciate your time this morning. Thanks for joining us today and enjoy the weekend. Thank you very much. That is Javier Tellier, professor in the School of Political Studies at the University of Ottawa. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. This is an exciting day in Hamilton because the Hamilton Tiger Cats' first on the field flag football program is making its return today. And it started back in 2017. It is, from what I understand, bigger and better than ever. And this basically brings a bunch of students from across the city to Tim Hortons Field for a whole lot of fun. And here to talk about it is Courtney Stephen, Director of Community Partnerships with the Hamilton Sports Group. Courtney, good morning. How are you? I'm doing great, Rick. Thanks for having me. All right. Give us the 411 on this program. How does it work? Well, really, there's a, a bunch of kids in schools in the area and we want to think of ways that we can get them out to experience Tim Hortons Field and get them playing this game of football. So our partners at First Ontario Credit Union, they help us put together something that's called First on the Field Flag Football. And that brings classes from uh, local elementary schools, grades four to six, out to Tim Hortons Field where they get to do drills with some of our guys, some of the Ticats players. And then they get to play games. And really, that's what it's all about. It's that simple. They get into the locker room. They get their very own nameplate, give them a full pro experience. And then they run around on the field and have fun throwing around the little pigskin. 
Now, obviously, they're, they, you know, for many of these kids, they're going to learn how the game works, how to play the game, but they're also learning things like uh, teamwork and sportsmanship and, you know, getting a game plan together to maybe not the X's and O's like the pros, but trying to succeed as a team. And that's important. Absolutely. And, and that's why we love football is because on that field, there's really a spot for everybody. And especially in flag football, it doesn't matter if you really know what's going on or not. You you get the ball and you and your teammates, you try and figure out how to move it down to the other side of the field. And it's, it's a lot of fun because anybody can play. You don't have to necessarily be great and you don't necessarily have to be a pro at football. So that's why we love to uh, put on events like this that give people a chance to maybe step out of their comfort zone a little bit, gives them something to use as a, a tool to build some relationships with their classmates. And ultimately, it gives them a chance to get down on, on the turf that they might not be able to get access to. So it's a special day and, and we really love this event for that. And it all begins today at Tim Hortons Field. It is the Hamilton Tiger Cats first on the field flag football program. And here to talk about it is Courtney Stephen, Director of Community Partnerships with the Hamilton Sports Group. Uh, there's like over 200 students per session, right? So is this like, kind of like herding cats at times? You know what? The the operations behind it and the logistics are something to marvel at. But we have a great <laughs> team here. And it's it's like clockwork, you know, the buses come in, the students go through the locker rooms, they get their packages, they get their belt loops with the flags, they get their shirts so we can see what team they're on, then they move on to the field, they have their great experience, and then the other group is coming right behind them. So all day long, we're going to be moving students through the locker rooms, through the field, and, and hopefully getting them back home safely on their bus. And it's, you know, it's a credit to the folks here uh, uh, at the Hamilton Sports Group and with the Ticats organization. They put a lot of time and effort into making this a full experience. So uh, from the time they get here to the time they leave, it's, it's something to be remembered. And another great part about this is that, you know, Hamilton Tiger Cats players like Simone Lawrence, one of the all-time fan favorites, uh, newcomer Bo Levi Mitchell, these guys are going to be involved in this first on the field flag, flag football experience. Yeah, and even, you know, hometown heroes like Tyler Ternowski, guys who, uh, you know, potentially participated in this as a young guy. Well, I know this event is uh, only a few years old, but participated in events similar to this when he was in grade school and in high school in the area. Whenever you do get a chance to go into a huge stadium with 20 plus thousand seats, you know, that's what's really exciting for these kids. Even if nobody's there watching, it's being around the pros, doing what the pros do, being where the pros live uh, and work. That's exciting. So um, our guys know that's a valuable experience. And, you know, Bo, Simone, you go down the list, everybody knows how much of an impact they're making. And, and when you get up close and personal with a kid, you see the smile on their face. That makes it all worth the time and the effort to come out here and, and spend the day. Oh, for sure. Our guest on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML is Courtney Stephen, Director of Community Partnerships with the Hamilton Sports Group. Let's uh, uh, switch gears a little bit because in a couple of weeks' time, we're going to see Ticats players on the field competing for real. That's in, in training camp. Do you miss it at all, being a former player? Do you miss this time of the year and the anticipation of, of getting back into training camp mode? If I told you that there wasn't a bone in my body that, that didn't miss it, um, I'd definitely be lying, you know, because the energy around football season is is just amazing. And I've spoken to a bunch of the guys. Uh, people are starting to get back into town. Everybody's in the best shape of the year. And everybody's healthy at this point, too. No one's even had a collision or a hit yet. So we all believe 
that we're ready to have our best year yet. And I, I think that this year there's there's cause to actually think that that's the truth because we've made a couple cool acquisitions, um, some interesting changes on the team, but also some returning faces. Simone Lawrence is coming back for who knows? Is this the swan song? Is this um, the 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 last trip around that he's going to give us some memories to remember him by? Uh, there's a lot of storylines to follow this year. And just as a fan now myself and as somebody who works in the organization doesn't play for the team, it's exciting to be able to watch them all unfold. We know there's a big game at the end of the season, and that big game is being held in Hamilton again this year for the second time in a couple of years. And that certainly makes you know, playing this 2023 season, knowing the Grey Cup is in Steeltown in November, all the more exciting, uh, you know, forget about all the off-season stuff, which was exciting it's, itself, but, you know, hosting the Grey Cup is a special time whenever a franchise gets to do it, and and, and our city gets to do it again. Yeah, and we're, we're looking forward to welcoming fans from across the country into Hamilton to show them what it's really about over here. It's a a special place for football you know it's a place where people really care about the game and they come out and they support and they have an unwavering commitment to this this club and to this league really so hosting a great cup uh you know it's something we're looking forward to and there's a lot of planning going into it right now i know we're still a, many months out but there's no shortage of time spent making sure that this is going to be the best great cup yet so if anybody has a chance to come out even if it's just to the festival and not the game itself, I definitely recommend it. It's going to be one heck of a time. Can't wait for that. Can't wait for the training camp to begin. Can't wait for day number one today. First on the field, flag football uh, presented by the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Should be a lot of fun. Courtney, thank you for your time today and good luck today. Thanks, Rick. That is Courtney Steven, the Director of Community Partnerships with the Hamilton Sports Group and uh, just one of many exciting events planned uh, at Tim Hortons Field this season, including... Uh, the Wall of Honor with Darren Flutie's name and number being added. We have, of course, Labor Day Classic, 3.30 p.m. start time this season. Home opener on June 23rd versus Montreal. There's going to be a post-game drone uh, light show. That uh, should be pretty cool. Hall of Fame game returns uh, later on in September. Alumnus of Distinction coming back this year include Archie Amerson, Tim Cheatwood, Kevin Glenn, Dave Hack, and a whole lot more. Should be an exciting season coming up at Tim Hortons Field. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. Well, the Maple Leafs have uh, certainly their backs against the wall after losing Game 2 of their playoff series against the Florida Panthers. Last night's game started superbly for the Blue and White, but when the final horn sounded... Toronto fans were weeping. Back to the point for Shin. Here's Shin putting it through. It's loose in front. Tartford scores! Ryan O'Reilly. Great off rebound. And it's knocked back to Marner again. Two looks. Here comes another. Scores! Ryan O'Reilly. And it is a power play goal. Here comes Dolphy. Zach Dolphy in front. Ekblad. Stopped by Santanov. I was alright for a while. I could smile for a while. But I saw you last night. You held my hand so tight as you stopped to say hello. Oh, you wish me well. You couldn't tell that I've been crying. Reinhardt takes the hit. Reinhardt in front score. Lundell from Reinhardt. And the Panthers get one back. 
Nylander went down, back in comes Barkov, shooting, scores! 19 seconds into the second period, and the game is tied. Here's Kachuk, off the bench, Lundell, back to Kachuk, across Forsley, scores! And the Panthers have the lead, 66 seconds into the period. Nylander, gathering speed, he's got Tavares! Stopped by Pogrovsky, here comes Nylander, John Tavares, fiery down off the shoulder of Pogrovsky. Another slick move by Nylander, shooting off the bar! Well, boy, another chance for Nylander, hits iron, Nylander, cutting in, to the net, backhand, stopped by Pogrovsky. The Panthers are going to hold on, and they take both here in Toronto. Obviously, had a couple of mistakes that uh, got to do a better job with uh, taking care of the puck and obviously put us in a, in a tough spot. They earned that one tonight. We got to refocus, sit with this one tonight, self-reflect a bit and turn the page tomorrow. I felt like we had uh, more than enough offense, more than enough chances to, to get ourselves back in the game or even uh, earlier to extend our lead. Obviously, uh, you know, we couldn't execute and couldn't uh, couldn't capitalize. This one's disappointing. So we were rolling early in the game and uh, just give it back to them. Those are, those are things that we haven't, we haven't done. And you just frankly just can't do if you're serious about winning. We certainly are crying today. Thanks to Sportsnet for the sound. Florida up two games to love. Game three Sunday in Sunrise. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. Not a good night for the Maple Leafs last night. Here's Kachuk off the bench. Lundell back to Kachuk across Forsley. Scores! And the Panthers have the lead. 66 seconds into the period. Sportsnet for the sound. I mean, it started well. Leafs went up 2-0, five minutes into the game, ended up losing 3-2, and are now down 2-0 to Florida as this series heads back to the Sunshine State, where Toronto will try to turn it around. But, you know, aside from the fandom that I'm sure many Leafs fans already have, there is another level of fandomonium, if you will. And if you want to show your love for the Toronto Maple Leafs, you have an opportunity to do it well, in a, in a forever sense, there's a tattoo shop in Toronto that's offering a tattoo of the Maple Leafs logo, on your body, of course, for 100 bucks. Sounds like a pretty good deal. In a post to promote this deal, Colibri Tattoo and Piercing said, quote, The curse has ended and we want to celebrate. Come in for a Toronto Maple Leafs logo tattoo for 100 bucks." Jacob Dixon is the manager of Colibri Tattoo and Piercing in Toronto and joins us now on Good Morning Hamilton. Jacob, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm good. Thank you. How are you today? I, I'm good. I'm, I, I got to ask you about uh, whether or not you watched last night's game. I know it was a tough one. You know, we started off so strong, though. And uh, yeah, the third, by the third period, by the end, I know it wasn't what we wanted. But at the same time, I always just love the fact that we can all get together and watch the game. Very much so. What's the response been like to this deal? Uh, it's been interesting. You know, we, we threw out the promotion because we really wanted to to just feel more part of Toronto than ever. What what better way to be feel part of Toronto than with something with the game? And it's been an interesting interaction. We've been getting so many people messaging us, 
We've just even had a lady last night, right before close, came in and we gave her a Maple Leafs tattoo. So how big is this tattoo? So we're just doing two by two, two inches by two inches, anywhere on the body. We're just not doing hands for it. Okay, so why no hands? Uh, we just didn't want to do hands for mostly, it's just a hard place to tattoo, uh-huh. uh, especially when you're doing color tattoos. It's just hard to put it on the hand. Okay. What is the most popular place on the body that people are choosing to put this tattoo? Everyone's going on the leg, just a little bit above the ankle. <laughs> really? Eh? Okay. Uh, yeah. how, how much would this normally cost? So like this, especially with the color, we would normally probably look around two to 220. Wow. So yeah, people are getting a pretty good deal. Um, how, how much longer is this promotion going to go for as long as the Leafs are continuing to play? We originally thought we would run into Sunday, but we want to keep it going. I think we're going to keep it as long as the Leafs are going, then we're going to keep going. I think that's a good call. Now, here's the question. How long do you think the Leafs are going to continue to go? You know, I, it's one of those things, maybe I'm just a little bit more optimistic, but I know after the last two games, but I think there's going to come back, come around. So hopefully this deal can just keep running as long as the Leafs are in there, and we're hoping they're going to keep going. All right. Well, I'm feeling that. I'm feeling that. So, well, good luck with, uh, you know, administering these tattoos. Hopefully a lot more people, you know, get the buzz and get the excitement of uh, Leafs playoff hockey and uh, we'll visit the shop. Uh, Where can they find you? Uh, So we actually have four locations in the city. Uh, We got one at 519 Queen Street, just Queen on Spadina. There's a shop on Danforth, 837 Danforth. We also have two other shops, one just at High Park at Florida Keel and another one at Young and Shepherd. Awesome stuff, Jacob. Well, a uh, g- great idea to unleash this. I'm sure a lot more people are going to uh, be knocking on the door and, and coming into the shop to get this tattoo. Thanks for joining us this morning. Thank you. Jacob Dixon, manager of Calibri Tattoo and Piercing. And well, as you heard, it's, it's been pretty busy. 100 bucks for a tattoo that's normally 225 200 bucks. Well, basically half price. Listen, if you are a Mega Leafs fan and you want to celebrate this team forever and ever, amen, win, lose, or, well, I was going to say draw, but there's not many, uh, any draws anymore in, in the National Hockey League. Win or lose, <laughs> you're with this team, uh, not only in spirit and in fandom, but uh, with a tattoo on your body. And interesting that it's the most popular places above the ankle. I would have guessed that it was in, you know, the, the chest, like the heart area. That would maybe make the most sense, but hey, listen. The, there is no wrong answer to this, apart from not doing it on the hands, which I can understand how difficult that is. Uh, Leafs' next game is Sunday. They're in Sunrise, Florida, down two games to nothing after losing game one, 4-2. And again, last night, 3-2. This team has played well. I will say of the six periods that they have played against Florida, the Leafs have been the better team of most of those periods. However, the better, the best player in this series right now has been Florida goaltender Sergei Bobrovsky. He has reminded me... To a certain extent, maybe not identical to what Carey Price did against the Maple Leafs a couple of seasons ago and really carried Montreal all the way to the Stanley Cup final, in which Tampa Bay eventually won it. But uh, if you get a hot goaltender like Bob is right now, uh, that team can go a, uh, a far way. We'll see if the Leafs can turn it around Sunday. Let's hope they do. Fingers crossed. If they lose that game, geez, they're down 3 nothing. Not many teams, you can count them on one hand, that have come back from a 3-0 series deficit. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. We are celebrating Cinco de Mayo. Happy Cinco de Mayo to all you out there who are celebrating. It is 
Um, in Mexico, Cinco de Mayo, Spanish for uh, the 5th of May, May the 5th, basically, a yearly celebration held on this date, commemorating the anniversary of Mexico's victory over the Second French Empire at the Battle of Puebla in 1862, led by General Ignacio Zaragoza. So how are you celebrating Cinco de Mayo today? How are you spicing up your celebratory meal, perhaps, later on today? Well, helping us out to, to do that today is Matt Kershaw, Executive chef with the Other Bird Restaurant Group joining us in studio here on GMH. Matt, how are you? I am lovely. How are you doing? Thanks for coming in. Oh, my pleasure. You brought in some stuff. Uh, we got some food. We got some food. <laughs> <laughs> Give us a little hint of what we're going to be tasting a little later on. Uh, I mean, so I took into account the fact that there's not actually a kitchen in a studio. So uh, <laughs> I've chosen not. some of the more slow braised meats that are going to hold up a little bit better. Okay. You can enjoy. Yeah. So these have been steeping, so to speak, for a while and are yeah. juicy and yeah, tasty. Yeah, yeah, you got it. Exactly. Okay. All right. Looking forward to that. We'll do that in our next segment because I don't want to be salivating <laughs> all over, you know, the, these two segments here. But tell us about the Other Bird Restaurant Group. You guys are in expansion mode. Yeah, it's crazy. So... We've been a company for a lo- uh, over a decade now, and uh, obviously COVID was an unpleasant time. <laughs> yeah, that's and one way to put it. So, one of my business partner Aaron and I, when we came out of COVID, we, we were we were a little fed up, as a lot of people were, mm-hmm. and we'd had uh, we'd had a good track record up until then, and we decided to really roll the dice this uh, this past year, and we've uh, decided to expand, and we've um, opened up in London, uh, Port Dover, and we just opened up in Cambridge on top of Hamilton. In Burlington, we've opened up taco places. How big of a gamble was it? I mean, pretty much all in, you know, like we go down to Vegas a couple times a year. And so this, <laughs> this follows our personality pretty yeah. well. Um, it's huge, you know, like Hamilton has been amazing. I mean, this is the reason why we keep doing this. The Hamilton mule has been, you know, it's our, it's our baby. It, it, it's been driving everything. And so we've been using that model and successfully at other places. And we really hope uh, that continues because, uh, you know, could be bad if not. <laughs> what kind of feedback are you getting in, in the new places you've expanded to? It's, so Cambridge literally opened up two days ago, and wow. I, I'll be heading out there today for Cinco de Mayo. Um, it's a funny time to open, for sure. And, for instance, there the response there is crazy. Like, people have been so excited. I've ne- I haven't seen such a response. Like, something's going on in Cambridge. Really? They, they, are, they are excited. Do they just like Mexican food? or? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who doesn't? But <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it feels like they just need some love in that downtown, and yeah. so it, it feels very similar to the the Hamilton time when we opened the Mule. Originally, Hamilton was, um, you know, still under question marks. Uh, the downtown, sure, yeah. So uh, m- maybe there's some parallels. Looking at downtown Hamilton now, where you guys are, you know, King William, mm-hmm. especially is you know great strip for awesome restaurants. You know, ten years ago, you would have thought, I don't know, I'm not sure if this is going to work. It is, it is working now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, honestly, we, we we try and project our sales and guess how things are going to do. And I would say that place is the one we've done absolutely the worst of projecting our sales <laughs> really? because they just keep going up. They just blew. Your We're mind. like, uh, okay, I, I don't know how we sold, but yeah, sure, okay, great. Wow. Yeah, it's been great. What is your? We got about a minute left in this segment. What is your favorite Cinco de Mayo dish? Ooh. Um, hmm, hmm. So totally much to choose from. I mean, from. it totally depends on, like, you know, a good al pastor is probably where, where I'd go. Really? Eh? Yeah. The, the, the pineapple and the slow cooking. and the, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that's what i go for. Okay. Well, we're going to have to take a break because I'm getting hungry. And I usually don't eat it this time in the morning. I'm usually, you know, post 9 a.m. guy. But I'm going to make the exception for you, Matt. Because <laughs> it is Cinco de Mayo. It's Cinco de Mayo. We have Matt Kershaw, the executive chef of the Other Bird Restaurant Group in studio with us. Uh, he'll be joining us uh, after the break as well. We, we munch on some of the goodies that he has brought into the studio today. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. We're celebrating Cinco de Mayo fun and food today with Matt Kershaw 
the executive chef of the Other Bird Restaurant Group. Hello once again, and thanks again for coming in. Oh wait, I knew I, I knew I was going to forget to turn on your mic. There you are. Uh, so you brought in some some goodies here. I am absolutely salivating. I can barely speak at the smell and the sight of this food. Mexican food, maybe apart from all other foods, and I don't want to offend anybody, but when you look at the just look at the food, it is so enticing. Totally. I mean, I should say right away. I, some people come to our places and they they assume Mexican food. And I wouldn't call us Mexican okay. food. I mean, you, you want um, you, know, you go to uh, Mesa just down the street. That's Mexican food. Okay. So the the, the other bird is uh, the mules are more sort of like they're like fun hipster taco joints with okay. a lot more fusion food. So so a take on Mexican food. Yes, your take. Inspired by. All right. Are you eating stuff here too? Or is uh, it just yeah, me? I, 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 I'm just, I was trying to figure. out, I mean, is there a technique to eating and doing radio at the same time? Uh, we're gonna find out right about now. <laughs> so this what? Could, this what, be good, good dead air. I what am here. I about to devour? I'm gonna take a bite and you tell me what I'm eating here. Right. <laughs> All right, so what you have there is uh, the Achiote chicken. It's been on the menu since uh, day one. I remember uh, working with a couple other chefs. We are messing around, trying to find the right spice wow. mix. Um, it's a very slowly cooked uh, chicken thigh with all sorts of different spices on there. Not, not hot, but like a lot of flavor in there. This is... Excuse me. This is fantastic. Awesome. This is at, this is the best breakfast I've ever had <laughs> in my life. Nice. It, there's a little bit of a hint of heat. Yep. It's kind of like the back of the throat type of heat, but the flavor, the textures, the tortillas are fine. I know you were kind of wondering, eh, I don't know about these tortillas. It stresses me. You know, I want to give you a good tortilla. <laughs> this one's been sitting in a box for 15 minutes. This is kind of like a sandwich. Without good bread, you're kind of stressing, right? You're yeah. thinking, I don't know if this sandwich is going to work. Yeah. This bread's not fresh. <laughs> That's true. So what else is on the menu that people can enjoy today? So uh, Cinco de Mayo, it's, it's a crazy day. It's the, it's the St. Patrick's Day of, of, uh, of taco and Mexican restaurants. Yeah, I believe it. Um, it sort of came over from the States. This wasn't really a celebration of sorts, uh, even in recent memory. And it's been building. So, and it's a Friday today. Um, we were talking with all the managers what features they're running. There's a, there's a margarita feature, a big picture, but mostly they know how busy they're going to be okay. and they don't need features today. Really? Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a fun, crazy day. If you're in the mood for that. If you want quiet, mm, come next week. <laughs> so are you full today or are you still expecting people? I mean, we always leave tons of room for a walk-in, okay. but yeah, every place our expectations are, it's going to be crazy. And is that going to be the case this weekend? Uh, I mean, <laughs> traditionally the weekends are always good. So, yeah. uh, I think today is going to be extra. Okay. You're also in hiring mode. I was on the website earlier this mm-hmm. morning and there's a big banner. Hey, we're hiring. So who are you mm-hmm. looking for? What are you looking for? I mean, it's a big company. We have, uh, I wonder how many people we have now, over 300 employees. Wow. So at any given time, there's someone who's moving or, or we're, there's always something happening. Mm-hmm. Um, we've actually been really blessed. We have not lost any managers since COVID, I think. We've had, we, we, all of our senior staff have kept with us and grown with us. As an expanding company, we have a lot of opportunities. Mm-hmm. So, um, but there's always a position somewhere doing something. Yeah. So, yeah, if you want to hang out. You know, having the same managerial staff for so many years, especially during the pandemic, is a testament, it must be, to how you operate things, how you uh, accept feedback, how you uh, treat your employees. I mean, there are pluses across the board here. I mean, I like to think so. My uh, business partner, Aaron Dunham, and a lot of our operations team, I mean, they really give, uh, what's, I can't say that word, uh, but like... <laughs> <laughs> Give they, a poop? They ge- we say? genuinely care, you know. Um, it, it's so much better to have happy uh, employees and it working in a healthy place yeah. for a reasonable number of hours. 
Um, and you know, and they, they give us everything back, so it's totally worth it for us. We're celebrating uh, Cinco de Mayo with Matt Kershaw, the executive chef at the Other Bird Restaurant Group, uh, The Mule, one of the, the, the top uh, restaurants in the group. Uh, you mentioned, you know, expanding the London mm-hmm. in Cambridge. Is there more on the way? So Port Dover up, opened up last summer. That's okay. super fun. Um, best patio in the company. Uh, Burlington's always been there. And so we're going to see now how London and Cambridge do. So mm-hmm. far, they look great. We're very, very happy. Um, but we got to see how they do. And once we uh, understand what the financial situation is going to be, we will, uh, yes, I bet you we will be opening more mules. Are you looking eastwards, maybe to a big city down the highway? We, I doubt Toronto, but okay. we do look at uh, cities like, um, let's see, Kingston or Barrie or Guelph or Kitchener. The sort of university, decent-sized, mm. but not too big. Okay, and why is that? Why do you want to focus on those kind of communities? It's just what we're used to. I mean, in Toronto, there's... The noise is huge. It's a madhouse. There's yeah. so much there. And the, the rent there is insane. And I mean, the, and they're also very well serviced. So a lot of places we go to um, are really excited to see a, a, a cool new taco place open right. up. Uh, anything new coming to the menu? Other uh, new things. Um, what was I? I got a tasting, uh, two tastings next week. So I get to go out to the uh, respective restaurants and the respective chefs. Mm-hmm. Uh, get to try some things out on myself and my chef de cuisine. And um I'm happily surprised quite often, and sometimes I have to be, you know, politely. Brutally honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah brutal. Let's go with that. Uh, you can check out uh, The Mule in Hamilton. It is located on King William, 41 King William Street. You can go online to the website, themule.ca. Lots of locations for you to partake in. Matt, uh, thanks for coming in. Uh, awesome food. I can't wait to finish this breakfast, hmm. and uh, good luck uh, today and uh, all weekend long. Thank you so much. And as Matt Kershaw. He's the executive chef of the Other Bird Restaurant Group. Uh, celebrate Cinco de Mayo with them today and, and all week long. Thanks for listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast. You can listen to the show live weekday mornings from 5 The Good Morning Hamilton podcast is available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. I'm Rick Samprin. Thanks again for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. It's free, so you never miss an episode. And make sure you rate and review.